Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Dan Dickow back with another episode of the ISO for SB Live Sports. Today's just a one-thought monologue on something that uh, – I'm deeply interested and in, in, I guess some people could say passionate, some people could say uh, obsessive about at certain times, uh, and that would be the game of golf. Everybody needs to have outlets, releases, things that uh, is exciting or intrigues them or drives them to try to be better at something. And for me, uh, a great thing for me has always been the, the game of golf. It's been a way that... Um, uh, when I was a kid, it was able to kind of, because I wasn't a kid who loved being outside. I loved being outside, but I didn't like, I wasn't a huge fisherman. I didn't go camping. I didn't do different things like that. Uh, but I liked being outside playing sports. And, and golf was a sport that uh, I gravitated to um, at, at an earlier than most people age. Um, I got into golf um, and was I played two years of high school golf. Uh, before I decided to put all my time and effort and energy into being ready for the high school basketball season. Um, because where I grew up, the golf season for high school was in the fall, and I didn't want to take away that prep time. Um, but it was a game that I continued to still play in college. I had some teammates, um, Blake Stepp in particular at Gonzaga, and then one of the assistant coaches, Bill Greer, who's now an assistant at Colorado. We would always play golf uh any chance we could get when we'd have a break in the schedule in the, in the fall and in the spring. Uh, and then as I became, uh, you know, as it, as I became a professional athlete and was able to travel around, I got to the chance to play uh, quite a few really cool courses some courses that I'm going to touch on in a minute here. Um, but it, it's something that I think is a great sport because it clears your mind by being outside. You get fresh air. Uh, it's great because you get to be around uh, usually a group of people who probably are your friends. So the camaraderie aspect there is great. Uh, it's typically kind of a, a low pressure environment where you can talk about a lot of the different things in, in life, what's going on, good, bad, and the other. Um, it's great for business opportunities to network and meet people and, and see how they um, prepare, see how serious they take things, see how honest they take it um, because of the, the, in the sport of golf, you call penalties on yourself. Did the ball go out of bounds? Where do I drop this ball? Um, do I give myself a gimme from from uh, three feet where maybe 18 inches you can get away with it uh, and it'll be accepted. But if it's three, four feet and you're kind of giving yourself the putt, that's something uh, completely different. So I uh, just kind of wanted to t- kind of share a few things about the sport of golf um, That's that's caught my eye over the years and that's provided me a lot of uh, fun times and enjoyment. So um, this has kind of sparked because as we get into the new year, kind of look back at Christmas, 
with the kids and kind of looking around and I got a pair of golf shoes for Christmas and I got the Jordan fours golf shoes that were just released. And so I was looking at those the other day and I was like, man, I can't wait to get out on my golf course this spring when the weather's nice. And it's uh, a chance for me to, to either walk nine holes with, with both of my boys or one of my boys, or, you know, on the occasion that, you know, I just go to the driving range um, and hit balls for 30 minutes. Uh, with some headphones in it's a it's a very peaceful and relaxing sport to me where i can clear my head uh when i need to but i can also um have some time where i just think about a lot of different things and by the time i'm done usually in a great mood ready to attack the rest of the day so um the jordan four golf shoes sparked today's podcast monologue so um a couple things always come up is you know favorite courses that you've ever played and i've been able to play a lot of really cool courses now i've got my bucket list courses that i'll go into in a minute but um you know i grew up in the portland area and so i've I've played pretty much every course that you could think of in the portland vancouver area from uh, pumpkin ridge where tiger woods won a u.s amateur to um you know some of the great public courses whether it's rose city um, Heron Lakes, East Moreland, um, to the courses in Vancouver, where the course I grew up playing a ton, the Cedars, unfortunately, it's now gone. Um, it had some, uh, financial troubles over the last few years. And then COVID was the final nail in the coffin. And that's, uh, that's disappointing. That's frustrating to hear, um, that I'll, I won't be able to get to play one last round of golf there. Cause that was a tremendous golf course. I remember when I was a junior, it would be $4 for a junior golf lesson and then all the golf you could play. So a lot of times I'd pay the four bucks, get the 30 minute lesson and then uh, go play nine, sometimes 18 holes uh, with a couple of my friends at the golf course. And those, that brings back a lot of good memories, but unfortunately uh, that course is no longer. Um, there are some other great public courses in, in Vancouver. Uh, you've got Camas Meadows, you've got um, Tri Mountain, um, and there used to be a couple really good par three courses as well. Lakeview par three challenge on Vancouver Lake is a course that would bring up a lot of memories to me. But the one course that brought a ton of memories as a par three was it was called Boyers. And it was right across the street from the high school I, I went to, Prairie High School. And it probably, Boyers is no longer as of, uh, there as of about 15 years ago. It's now a parking lot for a Winco grocery store. But um Boyers was awesome in the fact that it was a tiny tree-lined par three course and it was nine holes. The longest hole was 115 yards. The shortest hole, I believe, was 65 or 70 yards and it was all packed condensely into about a probably about a five acre tract piece of land on a really busy um, intersection. One highway going north-south, a busy uh, street going east west, but um, remember playing a lot of rounds of golf there. They actually had a deal where I probably was, I'm going to guess about 11 or 12 years old, where you could pay a flat rate and it was $20 at the time and play all day. So I was able to do this one time as a kid. There was times I'd play 18 holes, maybe 27, because uh, it would be slow and you'd play so fast. But I remember one day I paid the $20. I played 12 rounds on a nine hole par three course. So 108 holes. Uh, that was a, a, that was a fun day that I look back and think, man, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Um, 
And so uh, look back at, at some of those courses in Vancouver, Portland area as being great. But I was also able to be a member at Royal Oaks for a number of years before I moved to Spokane. Um, that's a tremendous golf course. Um, you know, it's consistently ranked in the top five in the state of Washington. Great greens, great, great upkeep. Um, that's a tremendous course. But um, when I look at some of the other courses that I've had an opportunity and a, and a chance to play at that bring a smile to my face, and I would love to get back to any of these at some point in time. Um, you know, when you look around uh, the internet, when you look at Golf Digest, when you look at Golf Magazine, any of these things, uh, there is a lot of coverage on Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. And if you ever get a chance to go to Bandon Dunes Golf Resort, you must take it. If you do not take it, you are truly not a golf aficionado. You don't love golf. Um, because if you get a chance, yes, it's a little bit of a journey. It's, uh, you know, you, it's about a four and a half hour drive from Portland, Oregon. Um, if you flew, you could also fly into Eugene and it's about a two hour and 15 minute drive. There's one small airport north of Bandon Dunes Golf Resort in, in North Bend, Coos Bay. And that's about a 30 minute flight. Um, and those are difficult to get to. There's not a lot of airlines that go in and out. I think there's maybe three or four flights in a day. Um, but if you get a chance to go to Bandon Dunes, you've got to take that opportunity and go. It's the greatest golf uh, experience that you'll ever have. I liken it to uh, going to Disneyland for a kid if you're a golfer. I've been there probably six or seven times. Never had a bad experience. Uh, when the wind's blowing and raining and you think you're a really good golfer, like, for example, I'm probably a four handicap right now. Can't play to it because I don't get to play it as much as, as I need to if I'm going to play to a four. But even if I'm at, at peak of my game and it's rainy and it's windy, you might shoot 90 because of uh, the wind and the rain down there. But you don't care because it's so fun. It's it's uh, it, it brings a joy to your face being able to play in the elements down there. It's it, the, their slogan is golf as it was meant to be. And it's a hundred percent true. It is golf as it was meant to be. Uh, there are currently, there's a, there's courses and then there's a par three course called Bandon preserve and a putting course at one of them. That is uh, one of the coolest things you could ever be a part of, but um, really quickly, Bandon dunes was the first course there. It was built by um, uh it was built um, probably, I believe it was 1999, 2000. Um, that was the first course that was uh, built. And it it kind of, I believe, has six or seven holes on the ocean. Uh, the 15th hole um, is one of the greatest holes I've ever seen in my life, um, right along the outcropping um, of the ocean. Actually, it's the 15th, 16th hole, sorry, because then it goes 17. Uh, along a ravine 18 towards the clubhouse, but the 16th hole on Bandon Dune is one of my favorites of all time. A short par four where you have to make a decision uh, which angle you want to come in on your approach shot. Pacific Dunes uh, is the next one that is uh, that was built a little bit shorter, but when you look at um, the rankings of greatest courses in the country and the world, it's consistently in the top 10. It's that good. And that's not saying anything about Bandon Dunes. Bandon Dunes is con consistently in the top 30, 40. Um, and I like it equally as much. It's a great course. The next course up would be Bandon Trails. Uh, no holes on the ocean here that as you would have on Bandon Dunes and Pacific Dunes. Um, it's a lot more inland. It's woodland. It's hilly. 
uh, but it's so much fun to play. Um, it's just a different uh, atmosphere and a different feeling than the first two courses. Um, quick story. Years ago, my, a buddy of mine and I went down there kind of spur of the moment uh, after the NBA season was over. Um, and I think it was in end of April or early May. And it was a big time rainstorm. And we had a two tee time set up. We played the first nine, 18 holes uh, in about two hours and 20 minutes, which is very fast. But the, the weather report called for rain. So a lot of the other tee times people canceled. So we were able to just kind of blow right through. We grabbed lunch and we were able to move up our second tee time a little earlier in the day. Same thing, rain's still coming, it's windy. Um, we moved the tee time up. We played that round in about two hours and 45 minutes. And now we're looking at, it's about 1.30 in the afternoon and you got nothing else to do. You're at Bandon Dunes to go play golf. Why don't you just go play golf? So we ended up going to Bandon Trails and now playing the third round. So we played three rounds that day. And by the end of that round, probably the last nine, 10 holes, the rain was coming sideways, probably 35, 45 mile per hour wind. Um, the rain is just pelting you. I think uh, the buddy of mine and I, we probably said a total of about five words to each other, uh, that back nine on our, on our way in to finish our, our third uh, 18, which would ended up being 54 holes for the day. But I look back at that and just think to myself, what a cool experience. How fun was that? Now, I was sore as heck the next day. And instead of playing 36, we only played 18 and then headed home. But, you know, to play 54 holes uh, in a day there uh, is challenging, but it's a fun challenge. And I would recommend you doing it. They actually have something called uh, the Solstice Challenge, which someday I would love to do this. It is... Um, 72 holes from sunup to sundown on the longest day of sunlight of the year. So right around, you know, June 21st every year, which is the, the longest day of the year. Um, if you call the, the pro shop, they will, or the reservations line, they'll try to arrange it. So you'll get all 72 holes done. And I've heard that, you know, some of the groups will, if you're part of that challenge, they'll let you through and play, play a little bit faster than normal. But that would be something that would be awesome to be a part of someday is the solstice challenge at Bandon Dunes. Uh, fourth, fourth course uh, at Bandon Dunes would be Old McDonald. Um, tremendous golf course, but for some reason, it's, it's just not the most fun course that I've ever played down there. Um, but it's good. It's really good. The big, huge greens, wide open fairways, um, some really unique holes. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the fifth course just opened a couple of years back, Sheep Ranch. And this is the furthest north course on the property. The unique part about this course is there's not a single sand bunker on the entire course. And when you go through the round, usually you have a caddy. Um, it just adds to the experience at, at Bandon Dunes. They know the ins and outs where to aim, how many club wind it is to adjust. Uh, they know how to read the greens and, and how the wind affects it, as well as how the ocean affects, um, you know, the break of your putts on the green. But um, there, there are no sand bunkers on the course because it's so windy on that part for farther being north on the property and juts out west into the ocean. Uh, that there's no sand bunkers. They said that when they were building it, designing it, they would be pointless because the sand would be all over the course and they'd have to keep replenishing the sand in the bunker. So um, lots of opportunities to get in trouble in, in deep grass bunkers, um, but no sand bunkers. It's really interesting, really unique. 
The other cool thing about that is I believe 12 of the 18 greens, and I might be off by one or two, but I think like 12 of the 18 greens are literally on the ocean side, on the cliff. Um, terrific routing on that course where you get maximum views uh, and maximum opportunities to just sit back and be like, wow, uh, God created this great earth and this amazing game of golf was created and somebody took this piece of earth and put a golf course here. It's, it's awesome. It's one of those things where every, whenever I get a chance to get down to Bandon Dunes, it's all inspiring to me to think about the, the massiveness of the earth, the, the beauty of, of the earth that God's created, and then just the creativity as well that man has been able to kind of develop the beauty within the beauty that God created. So um, you, if you ever get down to Bandon, you will not uh, be disappointed. It is that cool. Uh, like I said, I've had a chance to go on a, on a number of occasions. I actually was able to take my oldest son there about a year and a half ago. Um, and that'll be a memory that I cherish for a long time. Hopefully we'll get a chance to get back again at some point. So uh, next couple courses that just kind of come to mind, courses that I've had a chance to play and I would love to play again at some point. Um, East Lake Country Club Golf Club in Atlanta. Uh, it's where the tour championship is every single year at the end of the PGA season. Um, had a chance to play it with Bobby Kremens, the old Georgia Tech coach years ago. Uh, unbelievably difficult golf course. Very long, challenging. It was very fun. Would love to get back there someday. Uh, Chambers Bay in the Tacoma area of Washington. Um, U.S. Open's been played there. U.S. Amateur's been played there. I've been lucky enough because I live in the state of Washington. I've played it four or five times. Um, really good golf course. Um, it's a similar idea and a similar style as Bandon Dunes and the fact that it's that same link style golf course right on the water. Um, but the wind doesn't come into play as much. Um, and it's not naturally been put there or the ground is not as natural as say the Bandon Dunes resort simply because it used to be an old rock quarry and the, the architect and the designer and then the construction team was able to create uh, a masterpiece of a golf course in a rock quarry. So it's really cool, really unique, uh, great course to play. Um, next one that comes to mind would be uh, Pebble Beach. I had a chance to play it one time. <laughs> Anybody that's a golfer knows Pebble Beach, the Bing Crosby Invitational, which is now the AT&T every year, uh, is amazing. Uh, plenty of U.S. Opens there. Uh, I had a chance to play it a number of years ago. I talked them into or I asked if I could play the U.S. Open tees. They asked to, to be allowed to play it with having a caddy. They, you, they ask you what your, your handicap is. So I said at the time, I think I was a five. They said, yeah, you can play it. So I was able to play the U.S. Open tees. So with that, the tees aren't markers aren't put back on those tees every single day, but they'll have little plaques on the tee box. So, you know where the, the tee boxes are for, for U.S. Open. So I played those. I was able to shoot an 85 and I chipped in for birdie on the 18th hole as the sun was going down. Pretty cool experience. Pretty amazing experience. I'd love to get back there again sometime if, if I'm able to. And then the other two courses that are, are awesome, tremendous. I would love to get a chance to play them again. Um, fingers crossed. I will get to play them again. A, a friend of mine is a member at each of these, but it's Medina and Olympia Fields back in the Chicago area. I uh, had to play, had a chance to play each of these. 
about two or three years ago or so, and uh, tremendous golf courses, really cool golf courses. Um, you know, just the length, the the upkeep, the the creativity with the holes, the the differences in the holes uh, throughout each of those courses, um, and then the fact that they've each held a number of PGA events, where then you can see it on TV and be like, oh yeah, I remember I did that on this hole, or you can pull up a YouTube clip and Tiger Woods hit this shot on that hole. It's really cool. So. Um, loved being able to play Medina in Olympia fields uh, a few years back. Those were great. Um, everybody um, who plays golf at some point and gets into it to a certain extent begins to build a bucket list of courses. Hey, if money were no object, if travel was no object, if time was no object, where would I go play golf? Um, and there's four courses to me that quickly come to mind. Now there's there's probably 55, 60 great courses that come to mind. And I, I to be honest with you, I probably forgot about uh, 25 of, of the, the great golf courses that I've played that I should have mentioned. Ban Gamble Sands um, in, in Chelan, Washington, in Brewster, Washington, just outside Chelan quickly comes to mind. Uh, David McClay Kidd designed that. He's the same guy who designed the first uh, Bandon Dunes course. That, that's a course that I would love to play as many times as I could. But if I get asked, what are your dream for dream bucket list golf courses that you could play at some point that you haven't played yet? And to me, the, these are the four that come to mind would be Augusta National, which you can only imagine that's on the top of everybody's bucket list. Oakmont, there's been an unbelievable amount of of U.S. Opens played there, U.S. Amateurs played there. Many times it's ranked as the most difficult golf course in America. Um, you know, I, I just l remember watching U.S. Opens there and events and being like, man, that just looks like such a tough golf course. That would be so fun to play. Um, Shinnecock Hills in Long Island, New York, that absolutely comes to mind. Uh, I like links style golf courses. Um, you know, that's the Bandon Dunes idea. The Gamble Sands I talked about in central Washington is a link style golf course. Um, Shinnecock would fall into that. Those are so fun for me to play. And then when you put them on, on, you know, Oceanside, you start having to deal with the elements a little bit, the wind at times, the rain, um, Shinnecock would be part of my bucket list for, um, to play. And then the last one would be, uh, the home of golf, St. Andrews. I've never played there. I've never been to England. I've never been to, to the UK. Um, I've never been to Scotland, but you know, I would love to someday get back to St. Andrews. I've had a couple friends who've been there. They've played it. They've said it's unbelievable. You watch the British open cause it's obviously on the British open rotation, uh, where they play there every, every few years. Um, you know, just the history behind the game of golf, uh, at that course, the history behind the British Open, the history behind some of the great players that have been uh, to St. Andrews and, and not only one, but also others who've just played in the British Open, um, you know, makes me put St. Andrews on my bucket list. So I know it's a little bit off topic today. Usually it's uh, it's basketball related, uh, coach related, broadcaster related, whatever it might be for the ISO. Um, but when I was looking at scheduling some guests um, for this week when I was looking at 
uh, mailbag episodes. I kind of looked uh, was looking around my office and I saw that Christmas present of the Jordan Four golf shoes, and I kind of thought, you know what? It'd be fun to have a, a golf only um, presentation of the ISO. So appreciate you listening. If you've got a golf story you'd love for me to hear, or if you've got a golf related question that you would like me to answer on a Mailbag Wednesday episode coming up, send it to me, dickout at scorebooklive.com or hit me up on social media at dandickow21. So appreciate it. Have a great day. And uh, we'll catch you next time. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.